Welcome to the City Beautiful Church podcast. Thank you for taking the time to join our family as we strive to live together in heavenly reality. For more great content, visit us online at citybeautiful.ch. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to City Beautiful Church. Um, I'm so glad that you were able to join us today. I'm really excited for what the Lord has for us in this. So we finished up our last series, Charismata, by talking about the spiritual gift of faith. And the passage that I felt led to in that is Hebrews chapter 11, which is kind of super condensed vision of what faith looks like in practice uh, through the stories of people that we're familiar with from Scripture. And then the very last piece talks about all of these other people that we don't have scriptural narrative for, um, but we're very integral to this process of um, what faith looks like when it's kind of put on the line. When, when things seem uh, chaotic or out of control, this is what it looks like to be faithful to who God has called us to be. And there's this little phrase in there that has just stuck with me. It's one of my favorite phrases in scripture. It's telling all these stories and these people and they're living in holes in the ground. They're being tortured and it says, the world was not worthy of them. And I love that. I was actually texting with our friend Greg earlier in the week and, and just kind of reflecting on how amazing it would be at the end of your life for that to be your epitaph, that you and I, we lived so faithfully and that the world was not worthy of us. And so today what I wanted to do is actually to continue that narrative into Hebrews chapter 11 to focus on the first three verses of Hebrews chapter 12 because it's kind of the same thought. But instead of doing a straight up sermon, um, I wanted to, to bring a different approach and to do a more prayerful reading of this scripture in what we call Lectio Divina. We've done this a couple times each year where uh, I want us to learn more how to read scripture as a form of prayer, allowing the Lord to speak to us in it. Many of us are used to reading scripture in an analytic way, which is a really important way to know how to read scripture. That's where we're analyzing verb usage and we're looking at historical cultural context, and we want to get into the original languages to understand what's really going on. And all of that's incredibly valuable. But there's this other way of reading scripture that's not about analysis, but it's about entering into peace with Christ. And so we find in the contemplative tradition uh, this practice called Lectio Divina, or divine reading of scripture. And what it is, is it's basically allowing our mind and our imagination to be used by the Spirit of Jesus to speak to us specific things through scripture that touch our own stories. Um, and so for some of you, that might be as you're allowing scripture to wash over you, um, God is reminding, he's highlighting specific words or phrases Maybe he is um, reminding you of a memory. He's giving you a picture. Whatever it might be, um, it becomes about trusting that, number one, God desires to speak to you. Number two, that you are capable of hearing his voice. And number three, that you ultimately you are worthy of it. And so what we're going to do is I'm going to pray, and I'm going to read the passage in three different translations, um, slowly and meditatively. And I want to encourage you um, to take notes, whether it's on your phone um, or if you have some paper nearby, and just write down what you feel like the Lord's saying. And I'm going to read this passage three times, and then we're going to come back around and focus on a couple of the phrases um, right there uh, within these three verses. So I'm going to pray and um, we're going to jump in. So Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you that you are a God who speaks even today. 
and that you speak to us through scripture um, by illuminating to us things that we really need to hear in the moment. And for many of us, we've probably read this passage of scripture many times, but it's a living word because you're present in it. And so, Father, we open up our ears to hear your voice. We open up our eyes to see what you want us to see. And we open up our hearts to receive that truth. Would you make it so personal to each one of us today that we can't help but be transformed by your presence in the words uh, of this letter to the Hebrews? Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses... Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. The pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners. so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Por lo tanto, ya que estamos rodeados por una enorme multitud de testigos de la vida de fe, quitémonos todo peso que nos impida correr, especialmente el pecado que tan fácilmente nos hace tropezar. Y corramos con perseverancia la carrera que Dios nos ha puesto por delante. Esto lo hacemos al fijar la mirada en Jesús, el campeón que inicia y perfecciona nuestra fe. Debido al gozo que le esperaba, Jesús soportó la cruz, sin importarle la vergüenza que ésta representaba. Ahora está sentado en el lugar de honor junto al trono de Dios. Piensen en toda la hostilidad que soportó por un parte de pecadores. Así no se cansarán ni se darán por vencidos. Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on? It means we'd better get on with it. Strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it, 
because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item, that long litany of hostility he plowed through. That will shoot adrenaline into your souls. Lord, we thank you that you were a God who not only speaks to us from the past through scripture, but that you also desire to use scripture here now in this moment to speak to each one of us. I pray that our hearts would be open to receive that truth today with such specificity that you would be so gracious as to speak to each person hearing this message today, these words of your servant in the book of Hebrews, that it meets our story in a powerful and life-transforming way. God, I pray that each person hearing this message would also have that confidence that can only come through the Spirit, that we are capable and worthy of hearing your voice. Meet us, Lord, as we seek you out. In the strong name of Jesus, amen. And so what I want to do now is I'm going to circle back around to kind of four of the key phrases that come out of this passage. Just those three verses, very small but incredibly dense. And I'm going to read that key phrase um, with a little bit of a reflection of, of where I want you to head. And then I'm going to give you about 30 seconds just to continue to dialogue, to, to go a level deeper, to see if there's something more in that singular phrase that the Lord wants to speak to you and for you to make that note on your phone or in a notebook. <clears throat> and so um, we're going to begin here. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses... You have never been alone, even if it feels that way sometimes. Just take 30 seconds and allow that to wash over you. Think about all the believers, the mothers, the fathers, the brothers, the sisters who have come before us. And they're already at the finish line cheering us on right now. This great cloud of witnesses. We talk about the church global and historical, that we are tied in with millions of people alive right now, today, around the world, in every country, speaking every language, who believe in Jesus and are in, in that race to pursue relationship with him. 
And not only is it globally, but it's throughout history. All of those that have come before us who have had the same questions, who have had the same struggles, who have experienced the same victories, who, who pursue with everything they are that loving union with Jesus. And for me, this is one of the reasons why I'm always so adamant to, to tell you the stories and to remind you of the names of those who have come before us, because we need to be reminded that we're not alone in this. We're not inventing uh, the Christian faith, but that we can listen to those who have come before. We can listen to those around the world now and find in that strength and courage. And that brings us to the second phrase. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And what is it right now uh, that's tripping you up in your race of faith? As I was reflecting upon this phrase, I was struck by the personal responsibility that comes in that journey. That the writer would say, let us throw off everything that hinders. That God invests us with his spirit so that we can actually participate with him in running the race and owning what is our work to do. And so then I begin to think, what is it that's hindering me right now in my life from running that race well? <clears throat> what is the sin that I feel has entangled me that I'm tripping over? And then I'm reminded of the serenity prayer that I pray every day that says, grant me, Lord, the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change and the courage to change the things that I can and the wisdom to know the difference. And that part of the, the, the maturing journey of the Christian is to take hold of that wisdom that we receive through the Spirit of Jesus that helps us to discern what are the things in my life that I cannot change, that maybe I'm beating myself up for things that are outside of my control. Being in a global pandemic, that's not on you. If you lost your job because of it or, or it's the way that it's halted so many quote-unquote normal passages of life, that's not your fault. But then also discerning what are the things that you are actually capable of changing? What are the things that are within your control? And maturity is our ability to discern between those things and to make the right adjustments. So that brings us to the third passage. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. In this era right now, we need slow and steady spirituality.
as I talk to faith leaders all over the country, and as I talk to many people within our own community, I'm struck that if there's anything that God is doing in 2020 within the church, it's that he's dismantling our need for instant gratification. You know, so many of us are spoiled children that we're used to, to getting our way. Whatever we want, we can have it shipped to us the very next day. And we become addicted to that instant gratification in a way that it, we feel this need to constantly be on the move and constantly doing and experiencing things. And what's happened because of pandemic and lockdown is it's forced so many of us to have to slow down and to begin to take an inventory of our spiritual lives. And that's where a lot of times that sin is kind of rearing its ugly head because it's our coping mechanisms so that we don't have to face the things that are going on inside of us. But I love hearing story. I was sitting with someone this morning who was telling me that because of the slowdown, they've been able to pause and to be more present in the moment, present to God, present to their loved ones, to enjoy um, the substance of life instead of always looking for the next thing that's going to give them that fix. Because if we're honest, you and I are pretty addicted to the experience, to the next thing, to instant gratification. And we have to remember that this spiritual life is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And I find in my own life that so often when I am looking for that instant gratification that I said the right prayer today or I read the right passage of scripture or whatever it is that I'm always looking to arrive at a thing and when it doesn't happen actually redoubles my shame. But when I take the long view and I recognize God is, in, is not as in much of a hurry as you and I are, I can actually slow down. I can change my practices to kind of create that more long-term perspective of my spiritual journey to slow down and to steady myself because this isn't something that we're going to take care of by the end of the week. And that brings us to the final of these four phrases that I wanted us to focus on. That fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, Everything was, is, and will be about knowing Jesus. What's so powerful about this passage to me is that it shows that Jesus, his primary motivation in life was union with God and with us. And that gave Jesus the resolution to do what he had to do in facing shame and scorn and ridicule, in facing torture and then eventual death on the cross. That's what the writer means by saying, for the joy set before him, he endured all of these things. The joy being togetherness, union with God, union with God's people. And it's so easy for us to forget that that's the point of the Christian life. It's not to become a better person. It's certainly not to find success according to the world standards of what success is. 
it's to know Jesus. It always has been about knowing Jesus and it always will be about knowing Jesus. And when you and I slow down our spiritual journey, it keeps us focused and prioritizes what this is all actually really about. Earlier this week, a friend of mine was telling me a story about how her dog was kind of in a barking competition with the neighbor's dog. And she came up and she looked her dog in the eyes and began to speak to him. And he immediately was transfixed and was just staring straight into her eyes. And even though the neighbor's dog was constantly barking, he just listened to her voice and just watched her face intently. And the Lord said to her in the moment, this is what I'm asking of you, that even when there's all of this chaos happening around, I want you to be attentive, to listen to my voice, to look at my face. And the amazing thing is she told me this, this story, this thing happened two weeks before the pandemic. So the Lord was actually so sweet in preparing her for what was about to happen. And that's what you and I need. We need to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, that his voice is the loudest voice that we hear, that his face is the clearest thing that we see. And it's the only way that we're going to be drawn through the chaos of the world as it is today. And so I think this is kind of like, for me, this is the the big revelation of this passage. Everything is different and yet nothing is different. There's this illusion that all of a sudden things have changed and on the surface that's very true. But I think really what's happening is that everything that was beneath the surface is now being revealed. It's bubbling up so that we have to engage, we have to deal with these things. Because the reality is that life is hard. Life is hard. We had the luxury of ignoring that until now, but now we have to contend with that. Life is hard, but we've got Jesus and we have one another to strengthen us as we press on. So much is being revealed in you, in your personal life, in our communal life, in our national life. These things that were dormant back in the olden days when we didn't have to worry about masks and you didn't know what an N95 was. But the challenge to you and I today is the same as it's really always been, but maybe now God is finally getting our attention. That you have a responsibility for your own spiritual journey, but you also have backup. That Jesus right now is at the, the, the right hand of the Father on the throne, interceding for you, championing you, stating your case. The Holy Spirit is within you, praying uh, when your words fall short. The cloud of witnesses, all of those who have come before you and all of those around the world right now are interceding for you and they're cheering you on. Like this is your team. This is your backup. You know, we're getting ready to to head into this new season. We like to, and these kind of rhythms that we have as a community break up our year into three, um, three different seasons. And we're getting ready to enter in now to the fall season. And that comes with it, new opportunities for discipleship. And as someone who's really passionate about discipling people, I feel that frustration of not always being able to be face-to-face with folks. And, but I believe that even socially distanced discipleship is, is like we've recognized with so many things, like communal singing, like coming together for the Eucharist. Um, what we are doing right now is discipleship via Zoom and text message and Slack and all of these things. It's not God's best, but God is an accommodating God. And that's what we've got right now. 
And I think for us to discount the opportunities that we have for discipleship just because it's not good enough is for us to miss what is being offered for us in this moment. And so what we decided to do for the fall is that we have five amazing studies that are being uh, led by people in our community that are kind of... uh, very focused in on different concepts in the Christian life um, that are very specific amount of time. They're each just for a few weeks um, that can gather together online via Zoom or whatever it might be um, and just kind of encourage one another. So what I want you to do is today, I want you to go to citybeautiful.ch slash praxis and you're going to find a description of all five of the studies um, that we're going to be participating in, in addition to some information about the intercessory and contemplative prayer group that I lead on Friday mornings. And you can fill out that form between today, September 20th, and it's going to close on next Sunday on September 27th. So you a whole week to kind of pray through it and find out what does slow down spirituality look like for me in this next season. But what we wanted to do was for you to hear the heart of each of the people that are leading these studies. Um, so they each made a video for you just to hear a little bit more of why they want to do what they're going to do. Hi, we are Jenna and Steve Wimmer. Um, We are entering into a season where we will continue to go deeper into understanding racial injustice in attempts to becoming a more racially aware church. So we think the best place to start for that is to understand why it's important um, for us as Christians in the church, um, how equality, which includes racial equality, is central to the message of the kingdom, and how Jesus wants to use us to bring about his kingdom in this way. Yeah, so if you grew up in the 80s or the 90s, you probably were taught at some point by your family or teacher the term colorblind. And I think it started out as a pretty well-intentioned way to acknowledge that even though we have a pretty dark racial history as a country, um, that judging someone on the color of their skin is not right. Uh, We're all humans, we all have the, the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Unfortunately, um, in our lived reality, racial disparities are a real thing and race matters in this country. Um, The outcomes for black and white people in things like the educational system, the healthcare system, criminal justice system are simply different. Um, If you posted online about being colorblind, uh, maybe around the time of the death of Trayvon Martin or Michael Brown, Um, You probably had someone yelling at you uh, about why colorblind was a bad thing to be. And maybe you didn't understand, but you just know it's a a bad word now and you don't use it. Well, now that we're in kind of America's second wave of racial racial awakening, um, the question is what's next? So if colorblind isn't the answer, what do we do? And thankfully, uh, evangelist Sarah Shin wrote a book called Beyond Colorblind, what we're gonna be studying. Um, Her goal is to, through the lens of the gospel, explore kind of the brokenness around race and ethnicity, specifically in our country, and what it looks like to transform that, to heal that, um, and to be agents of change and reconciliation and um, justice moving forward. 
yeah, we would love for you to join us and pretty much anyone on this spectrum. If this ideas are kind of new to you and you've never looked into them or thought about them, but you feel kind of a stirring, this is a great place for you. If you have done a lot of research and reading, but you haven't had a place to like learn skills and um, kind of process what you're thinking, this is a great place for you. Um, if you're really not sure about all of this and it feels a little bit um, uncomfortable, this is also, we would love to have you here. This would be a great study for specifically our white community members but we would love to have anyone of color as well. Um, yeah, so things that we will be talking about in the book, obviously reading the chapters, but also learning cross-cultural skills, learn how to manage cross-cultural conflict, learn how to pursue equality and justice, and ultimately, you know, our hope is to be people who can lead Jesus, lead others to Jesus with that deeper awareness of the importance of ethnicity and culture in their lives. So um, we'll be making spaces in the group, not only just to discuss, but to practice these new ideas um, and process them together. We hope you can join us. Thanks. <laughs> Hey everyone, and thank you to me for a wonderful introduction. Um, so I'm going to be leading a group on Tuesdays called Emotionally Healthy Relationships, and this will be the third time that I've actually gone through this uh, kind of video, workbook, discussion, prayer kind of thing. Um, I think one of the things that's been most transformative to me over the past couple of years has been recognizing the need for these really practical tools that help us to live into who Jesus is calling us to, and one of the most powerful places in my life where I've recognized the need for the healing work of the Holy Spirit um, has been in relationships. Um, and that might be in romantic relationships, friendships, family relationships, kind of all of it. The way that we relate to other people has so much to do with how we see ourselves in the eyes of God and how we see other people. And I came across um, Pete and Jerry Scazzaro's work a couple of years ago when it comes to emotionally healthy spirituality. And it's been so transformative for me, and it has for many people in our community, that their whole idea is the our uh, emotional maturity can't be separated from our spiritual maturity. And so the more that we integrate those things and we really take an honest assessment of where we're at, um, the more we're able to grow into uh, becoming little Christs. Um, so this is an eight-week course that gives us these really practical tools to increase the health of how we relate to other people um, in all kinds of relationships. So um, whether you are, you've been married for 25 years, you're uh, dating, um, you want to get better in friendship, you want to work through some stuff in your family of origin, this is going to be a great opportunity for you to do that. So um, I highly encourage you, we're going to be meeting on Zoom uh, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. I'd love to have you come and be part of what we're doing. Hey everybody, this is Scott. I'm doing a group this year on spiritual warfare called The Invisible War. And uh, this group's for you if you are kind of freaked out by the idea of spiritual warfare, um, or even if you uh, would consider yourself kind of like a spiritual warfare pro, if you will. Um, so yeah, if you want to find out more about like demons and um, how things can manifest in the real world, Come check out the group. Hi, I'm Nicole, and I'm going to be hosting a ladies-only book club this fall as we read Confronting Christianity by Rebecca McLaughlin together. The Lord placed on my heart a few months ago, more than a few months ago, 
that it would be great to start something that was focused just for the women, for the women to come together of City Beautiful, to connect and to encourage each other and to dig in deeper to what the Lord is saying um, for us as a world, as a country, and as a church, and specifically as women. And I prayed about it and spoke to our leadership and then also spoke to a few um, women in the church and they were all really excited. And so as we brainstormed, um, everyone spoke that we didn't want to do something for ladies, some book that was ladies that was just flowery and that was totally, you know, what you would imagine a book group would be like for women in a church. That we wanted to talk about some hard topics, things that maybe the church doesn't talk about that much or perhaps the church has always said is just a man's problem. And so um, I did a little research and I found this book, Confronting Christianity. And it's 12 Hard Questions for the World's Largest Religion. So, girls, if you're looking forward to connecting and fellowshipping with other women and really diving in deep to what the Lord is saying to us and what Christianity means in the world today, then I would love for you to join us. Um, space is limited. It's going to be a hybrid type thing. We'll do it on Wednesday nights at the church at 7 p.m. and also have it on Zoom. So sign up. Uh, I look forward to it and I can't wait to connect with you. Hey, my name's Johnny. When I first came to God, I used to think that I would stop sinning and be this good person, and it didn't work that way. As a matter of fact, I carried a lot of that negative behavior and character defects with me right into Christianity, and uh, I got frustrated. I used to think that God was upset with me or, or mad at me because I wasn't living up to his expectation. It took me a little while to realize that God loves me unconditionally and he loves me so much that he wants me to get rid of that negative behavior because it's hurting me. He cares about me that deeply. When I get angry and I embrace that character defect, I don't hurt anybody but myself. And anger was one thing that was really, really hard for me to get rid of when I first came into Christianity. And I, and I didn't know what to do with it. The Bible says that we should confess our faults one to another. And I think that's a really cool concept to actually get with some people and work through your character defects. I don't know what you're doing on Thursday evenings from 7 to 9 for about 12 weeks, but we're going to be going through this book, The Good and the Beautiful Life, putting on the character of Christ, which you can buy on Amazon uh, every week uh, on Thursday from 7 to 9. It deals with character defects and addresses them in a very loving and positive way. It even offers some soul training exercises that you can do to improve your spiritual walk. I hope you join us for the good and the beautiful life. Thanks. 
as each of the people that are leading these studies uh, brought to me their proposal, um, I was so excited by the beautiful richness and depth of each of the things that they wanted to explore because, you know, I think part of that maturing process for our whole community is, is stepping into difficult conversations and really going deep with one another and committing to each other. And there's this, there's this other little passage in, um, in the letter to the Hebrews that I think sums up what we need now more than ever, especially is for many of us, we're feeling the drag of being disconnected from one another. And this is in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. The writer says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. I want you to take this week and I want you in prayer to consider how you might spur on and be spurred on by people in this community to continue to grow in maturity. That you would commit to, to walking this journey out of slow and steady spirituality with one another that you wouldn't give up, that you wouldn't tune out, that you wouldn't resort back into your coping mechanisms and those things that so easily entangle you where you feel like another day or another week or another month has just kind of passed you by. But that you'd link arms with one another and do the work uh, to be the church, to raise up in maturity together. So I want to encourage you again, citybeautiful.ch slash praxis. Read over each of those options for the fall. Click the one that you're most interested in. Send that along. And that's going to be open for this whole week. We'll close um, applications next Sunday, the 27th. And we're going to put those people in contact with you so that you can... Uh, figure out when you're going to meet and how, it, how all of that's going to look. You'll have some time uh, to order those books or the resources that are needed. So um, other than that, let's step back into worship. I'm so excited for what God wants to do in this next season. And I hope um, that this meditative reading has been encouraging to you. And so God and Father of all, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for the words in Hebrews that remind us that we are not alone um, that we have Jesus, that we have the Holy Spirit, that we have each other, and we have this cloud of witnesses. Encourage us, Lord. Give us strength and vision for this next season, that even as we buckle down and continuing to face the chaos of the world, that still more profoundly and resolutely, we would fix our eyes on Jesus as the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Uh, to you, Lord, may all these things be unto your glory. And may we, we be welcomed in um, with a re great rejoicing uh, at the end of time. And we pray all these things in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. This has been the City Beautiful Church podcast. To stay connected, follow us on social everywhere at City Beautiful CH. We hope you join us again soon.